Hello and welcome to the Final Furlong Podcast. I'm Emmett Kennedy. It is great to have your company. After a thrilling national hunt season, all eyes are now firmly on the flat. Caldine and Maj have just been crowned king and queen of Newmarket in the first classics of the season, while Arrest and Save the Last Dance have advertised their Derby and Oaks credentials respectively after bolting up at Chester. It is shaping up to be a very exciting season. However, the flat campaign has its flaws. The Jockeys' Championship, which is likely to be won by defending champion William Buick or former multiple champion Oshin Murphy, will be decided on Champions Day at Ascot on Saturday, October 21st. But the season won't officially end until Newmarket hosts the prestigious second leg of the Autumn Double in November. This discrepancy raises questions within the flat racing community. Why are you crowning the champion jockey at Ascot, yet the turf season doesn't actually end until the 11th of November? Meanwhile, the Trainers' Championship goes all the way through until New Year's Eve. As we've discussed on this show before, this system seems peculiar. Still, at least flat trainers and jockeys have the option of taking a break from turf racing. They can continue to race on the all-weather, or jockeys can head off for sunnier climbs in America or Dubai. That is their choice. The season is over. But the same can't be said for jumps jockeys. This year, the National Hunt season ended at Sandown with great fanfare only to resume the following Bank Holiday Monday after just one day off. That leaves no downtime for jockeys, trainers, and stable staff. Why? What's even worse is that the British jump racing calendar only allows for a 12-day holiday in August with two additional four-day breaks in July and September. That's absurd. What kind of work-life balance is that? In any other sport, when a season ends, there's a break, but not for jump racing. In Ireland, the jumps calendar has already implemented a 24-day break for riders in June, with targeted meetings during that period for jockeys with fewer than 15 winners in the last year. That's fair. Why can't Britain do the same? To me, the solution seems simple. Give the hard-working people in this industry a break. After Sandown, provide them with three or four weeks to relax, unwind, even put on a bit of weight. After all, a jockey's diet is pretty hellish. Let them enjoy life. As we all know, working non-stop without any downtime is very unhealthy. The jockeys, trainers, and stable staff are the lifeblood of our sport, and they deserve better treatment. They need an opportunity to kick back and spend quality time with their families and loved ones. It's time to reevaluate and revamp the British jump racing calendar, making it more streamlined and providing everyone with a better work-life balance. After all, that's only fair. But I'm just a broadcaster. Don't take my word for it. Let's talk to renowned jockey Brendan Powell and get his views on the subject. Brendan, great to talk to you again. Thank you for having me on, Emmett. Can you talk to me about your perspective on this? You had a whopping one-day break from the end of the jump season into the new campaign. What is your feeling on the matter? Yeah, it's funny, actually, because um, there's a few of us arrived at Kenton and we all joked about how uh, how refreshed and uh, revitalised we're feeling after having a, a full 24 hours um, <laughs> holiday. But... Um, but no, I mean, uh, obviously, it was a it was a bank holiday, and I think some race courses felt that they had to have racing on. But the way I look at it, Emmett, they you know there was racing on the Saturday at Sandown. There was no racing on the Sunday. Obviously, then there was Warwick and Kempton on the Monday, and then we had our four day break, which is um, you know that was that was fine. And then at the end of the four day break, then they they brought back racing at Utoxida on the Saturday, and then there was no jump racing the following day on the Sunday. So. You know, if they rearranged, you know, if they arranged it and organised it properly, they could have given us, a, you know, a full, solid 
week off, seven days, which would have been very good for everyone. But, you know, a few people were able to get away for those four days, but there's only, there's only so much and, 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 um, and, and, you know, there's only so much you can do in those four days in terms of going away on holiday with the family. Um, whereas you can do a lot more in seven days, you know? Yeah, of course. And it, it's just deeply unfair. This isn't something that happens in the flat season, for example. Like, if flat jockeys and trainers decide that they want to continue with the all-weather, that is their option. But it's their choice. They can choose to do that. They can choose to go to Dubai or America to continue riding. Uh, the flat turf season has ended. And this is not something new. This has been called about called for, for quite some time. We spoke with Fergal O'Brien in detail about this last year. We were talking to Donald McCain the year before that. Uh, and several others have been voicing their concerns about it. From the perspective of a jockey, um, you're traveling the length and breadth of, of Britain to ride out work and to go to different race courses to compete. That's keeping you away from your family, and it's the same for everybody else. So that time to spend with your family at the end of the, of the jump season... Just how important is that? It is very important because, like, like you said, Emmett, from you, you know we we do we do still race quite a bit during the spring and the summer months, um, but really from October right through until the end of May, um, you know, if you're a busy jump jockey, you're you're up most mornings at half five um, in the car, gone gone pretty much for the day and you know i i haven't i haven't got any uh, any kids or young family but i can imagine how hard it is for those jockeys in the way room that do um you know i think a lot of a lot of young young children um spend a lot of their early life not really seeing much of their you know their, their mother or father being being away from racing all, all the time and that's why i think it is quite important um not just for the, for, you know, for the mental health side of jockeys to have, you know, breaks in the calendar, um, but for but for people to spend time with their families as well, because family time is, is the most important thing, really, as, as as we all know. And in terms of the injuries that you would sustain throughout the season, and just the mental strain that is put on you competing for an entire jump season, surely you would all benefit from a break for those reasons as well. Yeah, I mean, you know. The, a lot of athletes talk about burnout, and um, you know, as as a jockey, when you know when you when you get when you sign up for your license, you, you, you accept that you're going to be spending a lot of time in the car. You're going to be it's going to be long days, um, and you're going to get a lot of broken bones along the way. Um, but I do think mentally and physically, I think as, as, you know, the industry likes to sort of think of jockeys as, as athletes and you know all athletes have have time to rest and recuperate mentally and physically um, and I, I just I just feel and a lot of other jockeys feel that we we as jockeys um, don't probably get um, the, the right amount of time for that uh, um, and as well like I, I think I'm a stable staff as well you know they they have just as long a days if not longer days than we do so I think, you know, everyone, you know, all the stable staff are allocated to their holidays as well. But I think there could probably be a little bit more to be done. Um, and, you know, they have all these organisations about, you know, mental health and all the rest of it. But, you know, when, when they're sticking on, you know, I think they want to put um, evening racing on, on Sundays now. And I think that's just going to put strain on. On, on stable staff, trainers, jockeys, um, all alike, really. 
Yeah, and, and stable staff are vital to this. And I know stable staff who had careers in London and Dublin and big cities, and it just it wasn't healthy for them. And they switched to working with horses, and working with horses can be stressful at times, and it can be a pain, but really they're a joy. And they get a much more of a happier life being out in the outdoors and, and working in a, in a stable. But this very much takes away from that. And I'm completely with you. I, I can understand why they want to do Sunday evening racing. You have the attraction of families being able to go. But with a bloated fixture list already, and on a day where traditionally that's the day where stable staff can relax, it's not taking them into account, it's not taking your needs into account, and it's not looking after the trainers either. Um, an alternative that's been proposed by a number of trainers and by some of your colleagues as well is a, a three-week window where there's no racing in the summer and then condense the summer jump meeting into something similar to the All-Weather Championship. Would that be something you'd be in favour of? I, th- I think that would be a great idea, Emma, um, because the... I, th- I think that would be a great idea because we have we have our two-week... Oh, sorry, 12-day break in August, but I think if we had... If we could condense all the summer jump racing a, a, a lot closer rather than just having it scattered about a meeting here one week, two meetings here another week... Um, it just it just seems like it's so, so stop start all summer. Um, I think if, if we had if we did have a substantial break where jockeys could go away and spend a few weeks with their family, stable staff could 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 do you know could do the same similar. Um, and I think it would make the the jumps fixture list, the jumping fixture list a lot more attractive. And during COVID in Ireland, and, back in it's, sorry, go on, Brendan. Yeah. And, and sorry, yeah, and, and with prize money as well, you know, there's so much, there's so much little prize money being scattered over so many meetings during the summer, and uh, and, and I think that could be another another reason why why that would be beneficial. Yeah, well, prize money is pretty brutal in general, but it's certainly not good uh, during the summer months. And I've spoken to jockeys in the past who've said it's actually costing them money to get to the races, and they feel obliged to go. They feel obliged to be there because if they don't there's an owner looking at them funny there's a trainer who's taking a bit of an attitude to it and and that's adding further pressure on you and it's not really their fault it's the fault of the fact that the fixture list is there the system is there Uh, during covid in, in ireland in 2021 the hri introduced a new system which restricted only jockeys who'd had less than 15 winners in the previous year so if you're going to have racing, at least you're going to give it an opportunity to jockeys who aren't necessarily tearing it up Paul Townend style. Would that be beneficial yeah. in the UK? Definitely. I mean, that's something that, um, that me and my, my old man have spoke about. Obviously, Dad's working out at Joseph's, and, um, and I think the last couple of years in Ireland, they've, they've had those, those, those couple of weeks where, like you said, those meetings have been restricted for riders that have ridden a, you know, um, a certain amount of winners or less the season before and um, I agree that would give that would give a lot of the jockeys that are struggling to make a living and struggling to get on those better rides for those better trainers so it would give them an opportunity um, if, if, if they if they want to hang around to do it and um, I just think it would be fair on everyone really um, uh, I, 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 I can't. I haven't spoke to any of the Irish jockeys about it, but I, I, I have heard positive feedback um, secondhand. Yeah, it, it's gone down a storm here, and and it's fair. Like it's giving an opportunity to jockeys who are 
either haven't had the best of seasons or are younger and are coming through, whereas the jockeys who are well-established like yourself are now able to take a proper break. And I, I yeah. think that the reason why the likes of Rachel Blackmore and Paul Townend are, are happy in Ireland, first of all, they've got great jobs and they're getting great rides. But secondly, the calendar just plays much fairer. We don't race every single day in Ireland. It's, it's, and you know this through your father. It's a very different setup set in Ireland. Uh, and how the BHA aren't prepared to do something similar. And look, maybe they will. Maybe this is one of the great things about the new fixture list changes that, that are being made. They're announcing culling of races left, right, and center. Well, hopefully they'll be able to extend this in as well. But do you get a sense from the BHA that they properly understand just the kind of unique challenges that you're facing? Like you're driving right now on your way to a race course where you'll have four rides later on today. It's a pretty intense daily battle that you have against the scales, minding your diet, the travel that you have. And that's the same for you and all of your other colleagues. Do you get a sense that the BHA fully understand just how much is being asked of you on a daily basis? I don't think they do, Emma. I mean, um, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you one example. Um, obviously, they, the, the race courses in the BHA... Decided, oh, sorry, it was, a B, it was a BHA decided to get rid of um, saunas in the jockeys' weighing rooms during COVID. Mm. Um, obviously, you know, due to COVID protocols, so it was um, social distancing, um, all the rest of it, which was um, which was fine. And then they they obviously gave us uh, an extra weight allowance um, during COVID, which um, which was a help. Um, don't get me wrong. Um, but when we came back racing, oh, when when sort of COVID. When COVID sort of finished and things got back to normal, they then said that saunas will not be um, in use again at race courses across the UK, um, which uh, which some jockeys weren't very happy about. Some jockeys weren't too worried, but um, you know, for example, I've uh, I've I've never I've never really struggled with my with my weight Emmett, so um, I've I've been reasonably lucky. But for example, this morning. Um, I've got a couple of lighter weights um, today at Fosslass. Um, I I've had to I've had to sort of not ride out this morning and and spend you know half an hour forty minutes in in, in the bath this morning um, to lose those couple of pounds for later. Where when you know usually back in the, the day I'd have been um, I'd have been fine to ride out. I'd have got to the races. I'd have jumped in the sauna for for twenty twenty five minutes. And done those couple of pounds at the races, and um, and rather than have to do it this morning and then drive to the race dehydrated um, and spend the first two hours at the race course before my first ride dehydrated, um, I'd have been able to do it at the races, you know, an hour or an hour and a half before I actually rode, and I feel it would have been much safer. And there's jockeys, there's jockeys doing a lot more extreme kind of things than that, you know, sweating in the cars, um, having to take off weight. You know, even the night before, just to just to be able to ride out in the morning, sweating riding out, then sweating when it gets to the races, going running the track. I don't, I think that's a lot less healthy than getting to the races and jumping in the sauna for half an hour before you ride. Um, and those are the kind of things they didn't really take into consideration and didn't really um, communicate with jockeys about. You know, it was just right. There's no saunas, and, and that's the end of it. And there are plenty of people who will argue, well. They should ban saunas because it's unhealthy and it's it's doing potentially long-term damage to the well-being of jockeys. But the people who make those arguments 
don't have to ride at a weight of 10 stone two. Like that's yeah, your lowest, that's your lowest that, weight in the last 12 months. Yeah. But the thing is, Emmett, like, um, people going about saunas being unhealthy. It's, it's only unhealthy when you're getting to the race and you're taking off six or seven pounds in, in an hour and a half, which, which is a silly thing to do really. Um, but if you actually, I've, I've listened to podcasts and, and, and actually read plenty about, um, sauna therapy which and and the health benefits for sitting in a sauna for 30 minutes a couple of days a week is 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 brilliant it, it reduces the risk of heart disease by uh about 40 percent. don't quote me on it but it's around that sort of um it's around that sort of area the health benefits of getting out actually getting into a sauna is it is that it's actually healthy for you the thing that's unhealthy about it is is taking off lots and lots of weight um you know six or seven pounds before you ride, which which everyone knows, that's that's a silly thing to do anyway. Um, but you know, there's doctors at a race course. I think it's just it's it's a much safer option to have saunas there available for jockeys to use um, on a race course rather than having to lose all this weight the night before in the morning of racing before you go. Yeah, and of course there are jockeys who've got saunas at their home, so they just double up and do it in the mornings before then going to the race course, which also isn't really healthy, but they feel like they're being forced into doing that because there's no alternative. Yeah, 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 no, exactly, yeah. And combine this with the current going goings on at the PGA and uh, the pressure that you've all been put under under the new whip rules, and again, I can understand what the BHA are trying to do with that, I don't think they explained it very well in, in the early stages, and I, th- I think, quite frankly, the implementation of it was horrible, but at least we can now see what it is they're trying to achieve with it. But that's even expanded to flat jockeys of immense experience like Neil Callan and Jamie Spencer picking up bands when they were never uh, at risk of getting whip bands in, in the past. So that's adding further pressure to you. You've mentioned the prize money, how bad that is during the summer. Well, it's pretty bad throughout the actual main jump season as well. Yeah. The whole thing needs a, a complete restructuring. And to be fair, they have just announced the, the culling of races. But it seems as though you uh, and your fellow jockeys feel as though you are not being listened to. No. No, I don't, I don't think we really have for a long time. And I think the thing that's a little bit unfortunate, a lot of the time it feels like it feels like it's it's us against the BHA or it's the BHA against against everyone else, and it shouldn't be like that because um, I I feel that we should all be that we should all be working together. We shouldn't be working against each other, and um, I just feel that um, the voices the voices um, from trainers, jockeys, owners, stable staff aren't really being heard or taken into consideration sometimes by by the BHA. I just feel like we just need to come together and, and, and work together rather than work against each other a lot of the time. Well, hopefully the PGA will have new representation to actually go and fight for you, and hopefully the BHA will properly listen to you going forward because clearly something has to be done. There are so many jockeys like yourself, and again, we appreciate your time today coming out and speaking out about it, but it's not just jockeys, it's trainers as well. And stable staff, when they're uh, extended the opportunity by a platform like this to speak on the matter, have done so eloquently as well. Clearly, change is needed. Um, this many people can't be wrong. In terms of the upcoming change to the new fixture list for the BHA, um, 
The, the headlines being the Grade 1 Tolworth Hurdle at Sandown moved to Aintree for a new fixture on Boxing Day. Uh, the Grade 2 International Hurdle at Cheltenham has been moved to Trials Day, which moving the Beulah to Trials Day seems like a, a really good idea because the Beulah has struggled for quality in recent years and a Champion Hurdle, hurdle trial on Trials Day seems like a good idea. Overall, what's your reaction to the, the culling of races and the fixture list changes? Um, I'll be completely honest, Emma. It's something I haven't really looked into too much. Um, obviously, there's been plenty of talk about there being too much racing. Um, but again, I think sometimes that can that could be because they're, they're so... so I, I'm, I'm just talking purely in the summer jumps racing, right? So it just feels like it's completely scattered all, all over the summer. Um, it's just very, very start-stop. And I think, um, you know, change, changing... I, I don't. There might be a very, very good reason for changing the Tolworth to Aintree on Boxing Day, but um, you know they're two completely different tracks. Mm. Um, I don't. I, I don't always agree with with with, cha- with changing uh, changing races to different race courses because I think there's you know Sandown has always been known for having the Tolworth, and I think it's a bit unfair on on Sandown to be moving a race like that away from away from them. Yeah, I can't imagine um, they're they're too pleased about it. They've lost the contenders hurdle as well, which I'm pleased about because, to be fair, that was a stupid race, but and was and was taking away from uh, champion hurdle challengers as opposed to adding to it. But I, I can yeah. completely see that point. I, I think the the overall point to make in this is it's the six grade twos have been wiped out. They've changed the juvenile hurdling program as well, and ideally, it should lead to increased competition. It should lead to better horses competing against one another during the season, which would also lead to increased prize money, you would hope. That's all a good thing, but it doesn't really solve the problem of the summer jumps racing and a deserved break for you and the entire racing industry. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at a lot of the top sports, a lot of them are very seasonal, and even if they're not, um, they do they do get, the, you know, they do get the break that they do deserve, and, uh, you know, like I said earlier, uh, we all, when we sign up to be a jockey, we 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 know that we're going to be in for in for long days and um, and uh, you know long days, long hours, plenty of miles in the car. But I think it would be very beneficial mentally and physically. I think everyone just needs they, they do need a chance to you know to get over the the, the, the long the long winter seasons that you know that you know jockeys have and um, you know. I think it's one in every twelve five, one in every twelve rides on average. We you know we get falls and and, and they do you know they do take their toll in the end. <clears throat> and I think having having a week here or four days here and there isn't really enough for everyone. Um, I'm just talking on my own personal personal views. Um, some jockeys might might not have the same same views as me, but um, I do think a, a three week break in the summer. Um, and, and condense all the racing then either side of it will be beneficial for everyone I completely agree with you and I think instead of the BHA working against you hopefully they will be working with you and be fully aware of just how important this is it can't just be about churning out the racing program constantly it has to be for the benefit of everybody in the industry as well and a summer jumps break yeah. just makes perfect sense just finally Brendan the whip rules we've ended <laughs> Yeah. Technically, we've ended the jump season. We're into a new one. Um, how, what is the overall atmosphere like 
amongst your weighing room colleagues and yourself uh, regarding the implementation of the whip rules and the various different adjustments that the BHA themselves have made to them, including changing the totting up procedure? I think all the jockeys have done uh, an amazing job in, in adapting to the new whip rules. And I, and I think I, I'll give I'll give the I'll give the BHA credits where it's due. They you know they have come together and with the, you know with the totting up um, situation, they you know they, they've they've changed that. Um, I, I received an email the other day that first offenders um, can go and um, and uh, I, I think basically go and have a, not a lesson as such, but basically go and get an, an, an uh, assessment, um, so to speak, um, and at, at least because I, when you're riding competitively so much um, during the season, you you are going to break the rules. It's, it's just it's just law of averages, um, and some jockeys. Are, are you know slightly more more susceptible to it than others? Um, I think the Tottenham rule that, that they've changed has definitely definitely been fair. Um, but I, I do I do feel that the jockeys as a group um, I, I can only speak over the jumps. But I haven't really uh, I haven't really looked into into the flat racing um, or the flat jockeys what, what kind of sort of bands or what they're getting. But I feel that we've all done a quite quite a good job, and I think everyone's. Um, pretty much got the hang of it now so you know like I said Emmett, there are going to be still days where jockeys are going to break the rules it's just it's just nature of the beast and law of averages when you're you know when, when you are riding a lot and riding competitively but um I do feel that we are in a much better position situation now than we were you know two or three months ago well said and very much agreed as well Brendan really appreciate your time today best of luck with your rides today. Best of luck over the summer jumps as well. And please, God, we'll be talking to you again very, very soon. Thank you very much, Emmett. Thanks for having me on. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn. It's a huge help with the algorithm. We're back with more content very, very soon on the Final Forum Podcast. Look after yourself and each other. God bless. If you don't like racing, go watch Peppa Pig. I'm all for fellas like me who are excessive use of the stick or do things wrong. But I was standing here last year and watched a wonderful Gold Cup get a wonderful ride off Richard Johnson. And not one person standing here was offended by what Richard Johnson did. They find him 5,000 quid and suspend him for 10 days. When you see that happening, there's something very wrong. If you don't like racing, go watch Peppa Pig. If it looks wrong, it is wrong. The numbers were the biggest mistake they ever made because they backed themselves into a corner. And yeah, a monkey can count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That was the mistake they should loads of good stewards in England over the years and they'd say you misbehave there and give you a few days but the minute they brought in the numbers they gave those as no choice once you want over 9 or 10 it's like the speed limit the racing is under such scrutiny ah if you don't like racing go and watch Peppa Pig when you put it that way I sound a bit of a wanker kids don't be a wanker